Welcome to Remnant Radio. Glad to have you listening. We're here to share Jewish testimonies about trusting in Yeshua, also known as Jesus. Our focus is to the Jew first and also the Gentile, because God has not rejected his people and has made the two one new man. Now, here are your hosts for Remnant Radio, Joseph Trocchio and Howard Somerville. Thanks, Eric. That was Metro Detroit voice actor Eric Harthen. Welcome, listeners. This is Joseph Trocchio, along with my two friends and brothers in Messiah, Howard Somerville and Bill Reynolds. You guys want to check in? I'll check in. Howard Somerville here. I'm looking forward to hearing that testimony tonight. I've never met this person. Thanks, Howard. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, too. Well, we're here to bring you some of the best Jewish testimonies of faith in the Messiah of Israel, Yeshua. That is Jesus. It's about 8 o'clock. I'm sorry. It's about 7 o'clock, August 8th, 2018. And we're about to hear the faith story of Steve Schlesinger. Steve grew up in Boston, attended MIT, and became an engineer. He's 65 years old, and per DNA testing, he's about 93% Ashkenazi Jewish, 2% Sephardic Jewish, and a little Irish, Scottish, and Welsh. Steve tells me he wonders how that last fraction got in there. Uh, In an email uh, Steve sent to me here uh, recently, he suggested the following be shared. And this is a quote. A series of God coincidences convinced him that Yeshua is the Jewish Messiah, and he now serves as an elder at a megachurch in Florida. That is Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, Florida. Steve's story is one of such statistical significance It cannot be statistical. It's truly a spiritual story. Welcome, Steve Schlesinger. I've been really looking forward to this interview, and uh, um, we really didn't have a chance to talk a lot. We were in Brooklyn, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this. So welcome, Steve. This is... uh, um, this is a blessing to the to to the Jewish people. It's a blessing to the body of Messiah, and uh, we're grateful. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So again, welcome, Steve. Thank you. Um, start your story, Steve. Start it. Start it. Okay. Up. I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, a young boy growing up Jewish. You know, it's a little confusing sometimes. I grew up in Boston. Uh, was not a super religious family. Um, but we celebrate the holidays and things like that. And, and uh, the, one of my first recollections, I just knew we were different. And I, I remember the first time I saw pictures of the Holocaust and people stacked up and being murdered and uh, put in graves. It's a very scary feeling. You don't really understand it as a young boy. Uh, you know, why do people hate us? What's going on there? And I'll, I'll tell you one of my first recollections of Jesus. This is very interesting. Well, Jesus Christ was a curse word in my house. My father used that kind of as a curse word. But we really didn't talk about Christianity or, or Jesus other than that. But I do remember I was in kindergarten, and I was at my grandmother's house. And uh, back then there were, you know, three TV stations, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, black and white. And Sunday morning up early, I was watching, and this little show came on. It was called Davy and Goliath. You guys probably remember that. It was a... Those little clay figures yep. of uh, uh, Davy was the boy, Goliath was the dog, the dog was smart, the dog talked. 
and it would be a little fable. The Lutherans put it on, and uh, that's a, and I, I watched it. It was kind of neat. And then at the very end, I remember they would talk about Jesus, and I would think, well, you know that that looks good, but we're Jewish. We don't believe in Jesus. So I remember watching Davy and Goliath. It was a great little TV show with a moral fable. It made sense to me. But then I would notice at the end they would talk about Jesus. And I remember, this makes sense. It, it seems nice, but I don't. But we don't believe in Jesus. We're Jewish. And I don't know who told me that or how I knew that, but somehow in kindergarten I already knew that. Mm. Uh, so fast-forwarding a little bit, um, years went by. I, I met my wife. Uh, she was raised Baptist but was not really going to church or anything anymore when she met me. Uh, we got married. Um, and I knew she was spiritual, and I was definitely attracted to that. And, and now I'm going to tell you the, the first time I heard the gospel mm. and did not get it. Absolutely, I was blinded. It went right over my head. Believe it or not, um, Charles Stanley, the famous Baptist preacher, came to our town, and I heard about it. And I said, well, he's a big famous preacher uh, on TV. You want to go hear him? And she said, well, if you go, I'll go. So we went to this Baptist church, this big Baptist church, and he preached on faith versus works how you're saved by faith and faith alone. Now, there was nothing wrong with Charles Stanley's preaching. I mean, he knows the gospel. He can preach. Mm. I could preach that sermon today. Mm. But what I heard versus what he said was completely different. Uh, unfortunately, I was blinded. I mean, between the devil and between, uh, you know, movies with Catholic priests, and I don't know where my thinking was coming from. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I thought what he was saying was, you have to say you believe in Jesus. As long as you just say you believe in Jesus, if a priest gets there before you die, you can live however you want, do whatever you want, think whatever you want, but you, you have to say this. If you don't say that, you go to hell. If you say that, God sends you to heaven. I thought, that's foolish. God can't work like that. And of course, we know faith without works is dead. If, if, you, if you believe in your heart, um, you certainly have to profess with your mouth, but you also have to believe in your heart, and that will produce good works will follow. Mm. So I didn't understand all that. I just thought he was saying, you have to say you believe in Jesus, that's all you have to do, and I knew that was foolishness. So unfortunately, I didn't get saved by Charles Stanley. Um, <laughs> years went by, now this is what's interesting, where are all the Christians? I mean, I, I had a long career, um, probably 40 years of, of engineering, working with lots of people, Some, many of them supposedly Christians, not a single one invited me to church. Not a single one ever shared the gospel. Now, I'm not saying I was asking them, hey, how do you guys get to heaven, or tell me about Jesus. I certainly wasn't, uh, you know, out seeking directly, mm. but their, their job is to try to, you know, invite people to share the good news, mm -hmm. and no one ever did that. So uh, that that's kind of a did, was it known, on, was on, it, on the Christian world. Yeah, was it kind of known what, that you, was it kind of known that you were Jewish? Oh, yes. Everyone knew I was Jewish. Okay, so I, people knew you were Jewish. I looked more Jewish then, too. I had, a, I had a beard. I looked more <laughs> Jewish, for sure. So, so co-workers and so forth, they, for the most part, church-going people knew you were Jewish, but uh, <laughs> they kept the, uh, the prize to themselves, right? So to speak. Well, maybe. Well, either, either they didn't really understand the gospel. I mm. mean, there are people who think, well, you're Jewish. You're going to heaven because you're God's chosen mm. people. Mm. There are people that believe that. Mm. It's not true. Um, uh, you know, the whole Bible is written by Jews, and, and Paul explains how we need, we need to get saved just like everybody else. Um, but, or they were just afraid of confrontation, of offending me. They, they, so they would rather 
not offend me and let me go to hell. I don't know. You know, yeah, the it. crazy thing was after I got saved, I started evangelizing my supposed Christian friends and getting them coming to church. So, you know, it was, it's kind of crazy. Good insane. But well, go I ahead. call that, yes, I call that the 40 years of silence. Now, mm-hmm. I have to tell you something. I did have a God, and, and I say God with a little G. Mm-hmm. I'm being a little sarcastic here. Oh, yeah. didn't yep. that over the radio. Um, my God was two-man beach volleyball. Okay, I used to play religiously, fanatically, for at least 35 years, every Sunday morning, up on the beach, uh, girls in bikinis, that was kind of my thing, and we played two-man beach volleyball. And believe it or not, I was good, even though I'm, I'm pretty short, five foot seven. So, and actually, I played with a bunch of Catholics. Okay, they all, none of them went to church, but they all thought they were going to heaven because they were baptized as babies. So we used to play, as a matter of fact, we would say, this is our church. To make it even worse, on Easter uh, morning, uh, you know, Easter Sunday, the, the Catholics would come to do a beachside, you know, sunrise service or something. And we'd be out there playing volleyball, and we'd be going, hurry up, get off our court. So that's pretty sacrilegious. Um, I was a devout volleyball player. I would say, if, even if it rained, I would show up at 8 o'clock in the morning in case three other nuts came, and we could we'd play volleyball until the ball was so wet we couldn't play anymore. So that was my... I never failed. I was religiously a volleyball player. But you weren't. You never. Point, you never. You never trusted in Jesus, though. You didn't have a a faith moment, right? Or you did. He he never entered my mind. Never entered okay, my. As a right. matter of fact, this is. I'll I'll drop back a little. I should go back to when I got married. Okay. As I said, my my wife was raised Baptist. Okay. Now a pastor should not marry someone unless you should not marry unequally yoked people, right? I mean, been that's there, what the Bible says. Been there, so done that. If you're going to get married in a church, the, the church should should make sure: Are you a believer? Are you a believer? What does that mean? And go through counseling, whatever. But at this point in her church, at the Baptist church there, I won't give you the name, which one it was, but they were going through some transition. You know, the main pastor was gone. They were getting a new pastor. All this was going on. And her family had been very active in the church for years. I'm sure they, they donated money. They were in the choir. They were, they were very active. So I think the congregation told the pastor, basically, he was a hireling, uh, you know, this family is very involved in the church. Mm, you need it. to marry these people. He's Jewish, but, but you know, just make it happen. Yep. I, I sort of, this is my speculation. I got so it. I, so got I, go it. To this, I go to this meeting with the pastor and my wife, my future wife, my fiance at the time. We were in our 20s. And I remember it was a very uncomfortable meeting. I don't know who was more uncomfortable, him or me, but he should have boldly shared the gospel, right? Mm. He should have found out if I was a believer. Mm-hmm. But I think the only thing I remember him saying was something like, um, do you know who Jesus is? Mm. And I think I said, uh, yes. You know, kind of like, not really, but I think he's that guy on the wall there on the cross or something. <laughs> and he said, good, okay, good, I can marry you. I mean, that was the whole conversation. So... Again, another missed opportunity to share the gospel. How mm. sad is that? But anyway, yeah. let me go back to volleyball now. All right. So what happens is volleyball had become my God, and I think God was going to show me, teach me a lesson. He was going to draw me to him uh, one way or another. So what he started to do was to tweak my back. Mm. I threw my back out. I'd be playing volleyball. I was playing with younger kids. And I would throw my back out after playing, and I'd have to go to the chiropractor. They would do the whole, you know, jerk you around, fix your back. I would rest for a couple days, and I'd be able to play by the next weekend. Well, this started happening more frequently and more frequently. So it happened once a year, once every six months, once every three months. Eventually, it was happening every week. It would get to the point where I could barely walk after going to the chiropractor a couple times, but by Sunday, I could play again. 
And I think God was going to cripple me next. Remember Jacob <laughs> wrestled the angel uh, or the, the image of God. We're not exactly sure what happened there, but, yep. but God, I think that was what was going to happen next. So I started, you know, worrying about my back a little bit. Is this really making sense for me to be playing uh, volleyball? Okay, now I'm going to tell you about I finally do meet a Christian, a real Christian. So I had this job, uh, a consulting job. I was doing some work. I lived in Florida at the time, but I was doing work up in New Jersey. I was flying up to New Jersey uh, to Calvin Klein Cosmetics, and I was doing a, a, a factory automation job for Calvin Klein's perfume operation. And the project manager at Calvin Klein was this amazing guy named Kevin. And Kevin was an actual Christian. You know, there's a joke there. Um, do you know the two reasons people uh, don't become Christians? <laughs> Joe, you heard this one? No, no. I'm well, the, just, the, I'm... Two, all right, the two reasons are, one, they've never met a Christian. The other reason is they have. But anyway, <laughs> so I finally meet a real Christian. Did so, you so steal Kevin that, Steve? Did you steal that or did you make that up? Yeah. Oh, it's stolen from somewhere. All right, that's so good. All right. I, I won't take credit for that. All right. But um, every joke is stolen from somewhere. Yeah, but anyway, um, Kevin starts witnessing to me. Mm. He's a great guy. We've become great friends over a decade, over 10 years. Um, this, this job actually should have lasted about nine months, but God supernaturally extended it. I think so I could get saved. Now, of course, at the time, I'm not saved. I'm thinking it's all because of my brains, and you know, I'm taking the credit for everything, but I think it was God keeping me in, in this relationship with this guy who was a, a strong Christian to start to get me saved. Well, anyway, I'm starting to think about spiritual things. He's, he's trying to make headway on me, but it's not happening. And at this point, God starts moving the pieces on the board around. Mm. So what he does is, now here's where it starts getting interesting. Uh, the job starts to go away, so my company sends me around the country to try to get new work. So I'm flying here, I'm flying there. And, he, and one day I'm in an airport. I don't I, I remember got, where. I, I got to step in. Was, are, you in your, are you in your 20s okay. now? Are you in your 20s or, or in your 30s? No, at this point I'm probably in my high 30s. Okay. All right. Okay. Got Maybe it. even 40. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember the exact date even. But okay. I'm in this airport uh, waiting for a, a flight home. I'm in a connecting airport somewhere, and I'm reading a book waiting to board the plane, and all of a sudden I get this creepy feeling there's someone looking at me. I mean, this weird feeling, and, and I look around, and across the terminal, at another, you know, like 30 feet away, there's a lady looking at me. So I put my nose back in my book, and I look back up, she's looking at me. And I'm, what's with this? You know, I don't know what's going on. Um, well, anyway, they board, the, they board the plane by row numbers, and guess who's sitting next to me in the seat next to me? The, the lady with the, the, the lady, lady, the looking lady. So I, the looking lady. So yeah. um, I'm reading my book. I don't want to be disturbed. Um she taps me on the shoulder and says, do you mind if we talk? And I go, well, okay, which is really kind of like, well, not really, you know, I'm reading a book, but, but I said, well, okay. And she goes, well, you're Jewish, right? And I said, well, yes. And then she starts going into the gospel. She's telling me about Jesus. She's telling me about how she loves the Jewish people, how Jesus was Jewish, which to tell you the truth, I never really thought about that. You know, Jews don't think about that. They think of Jesus as a Christian, you know? So <laughs> she's going into all this and she was an amazing evangelist. She had a heart for God, um, but of course, I'm just mystified. Like, what is this all about? And I, I remember at one point she told me, her name was Carmela. She said she wanted to sell everything she has, fly to Israel, and become a missionary to the Jewish people. And, and this is what I told her, Joe. I remember exactly what I said. I said, lady, you seem very nice. But first of all, I'm Jewish, and I don't want to go to Israel. I said, there's a bunch of dirt, and they're blowing each other up. Why would you want to go there? And I said, second of all, you seem very nice, 
But I got to tell you, I think the Jewish people are not going to take too kindly to telling them they need Jesus. But you know, she wouldn't give up. The love of God was in her. She just kept, she just kept, she wouldn't give up. I mean, I'm trapped. It's, I got a two hour flight. What can I do? So finally, the, the plane's about to land, and she says, Stephen, could, could I have your email address so I could stay in touch with you? And I was thinking, lady, if you'll shut up, I'll give you my social security number. <laughs> so I gave her my email address. I, I wandered off the plane when it landed. I was like in a daze. Like, what is this crazy lady? Doesn't she know, you know, Jewish people? We don't believe in Jesus. Um, I wandered off. Okay, now here's something I didn't know until years later. When I walked away, after I walked away, there was a lady sitting in the seat right behind us who was a, a Christian prayer warrior. She was listening to the whole two-hour conversation through the crack in the seat. But you didn't she know, around but you didn't know that for, until no, years No, I didn't later. know this at the time. All right. No, I didn't know this at the time. I'm going to find out five years later. She came around to Carmela and said, I was praying the whole time. That was anointed. He's going to become a pastor. He's going to get saved. And then she walked away. So Carmela didn't get her name. I don't know her name, but I know I'll see her in heaven. The story continues. Okay, so so now back to volleyball, all right? I'm playing volleyball, I'm playing volleyball, my back is getting worse and worse. And we meet we, we meet a couple more Christians. So, so God is putting people in my path. Um, our daughter actually dated a guy. Now, he wasn't a Christian, but his parents were. They went to this church here in Melbourne, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. So they we met them, and they invited us to church. They, they simply said, they planted a seed. All they said was, hey, you know, uh, you ought to check out our church. It's not for everybody, but you might like it. Hmm. That's all they said. They planted a seed. A couple years go by after that seed, and I'm playing volleyball. It's getting worse and worse. And one morning I woke up, and I, and I said to my wife, you know, maybe I shouldn't play volleyball today. I, I'm getting a feeling like if I twist my back the wrong way, the chiropractor does something wrong, you know, I could end up crippled or something. Mm-hmm. And she says, yeah, maybe you shouldn't play. So I said, hey, you want to check out that church that the, you know, those people mentioned to us? She said, just like she did with Charles Stanley like 40 years before, she said, well, if you go, I'll go. So I got on the Internet, looked up the, looked up the name of the church, where it was, when it met. It was right nearby. I said, let's go check it out. So we walk into this church. At the time, it was kind of small. Now it's, it's grown. What? Uh, I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought I heard something. Maybe yeah. I heard an echo on the phone. But anyway. Okay. Um, so we go into this church. It's kind of small at the time. It's now a large church. It's grown tremendous. But at the time, it was small. I walk in. I look around. And there's, there's no, uh, you know, I'm, I'm expecting a Catholic church. There's no dead Jesus on the wall. There's no, you know, ornate stuff. So I was comfortable. I sat down. Immediately, a lady tapped me on the shoulder and said, Shalom. So she knew I was Jewish, so that, that made me comfortable. The worship started. It was amazing. I mean, anointed. It, the, the Spirit of God, I was definitely feeling that. Then the pastor started to teach. Now, our pastor um, was actually the head of pharmacy at the local hospital for 25 years. Now he's a full-time pastor. But back then he was just teaching the Bible. Just an amazing Bible teacher, uh, Mark Balmer, Pastor Mark. And he was going through the book of Galatians. And it was like... God was speaking to me personally, things only he knew about myself, secrets, inside things on my heart. Um, God was speaking to me personally. It was amazing. So after the service ended, I I called up my volleyball people, because I never missed volleyball. They they would think I I died or something. I must be in a hospital. I told them, guys, I think you're missing something. I think you should be going to church. Now, I could have gone to volleyball, because I could have played 
uh, volleyball Sunday morning and gone to church Saturday night. But God told me, no, that was your idol. That was your God. It's, you're, mm. it's toast. So I gave up volleyball cold turkey, never played again, uh, gained like two inches of my waist overnight from lack of exercise. That was a pretty strenuous exercise uh, playing volleyball every week. So I went the first week. I went the second week. He's going through the book of Galatians. I went the third week. The fourth week, my wife uh, had a cold. She said, I can't go to church. I said, that's okay. I'm going to go. So I went to church, and at the end, the pastor did an altar call. And I remember the battle in the mind. Hmm. It was like, go up, don't go up, go up, don't go up. And literally, Joe, I was sweating. Sweat was hmm. pouring off my head, into my eyes. You know, what's going to have to change? What, what will I give up? What will my parents think? It, you know, it, it, was, it was a battle. Um, well, I went up, prayed with this guy, and got home, walked in the door, and was about to tell my wife what happened, and the phone started to ring. I said, honey, I got to tell you this, but let me get the phone. Let me get the phone. I picked up the phone. You're never going to believe this. It was the lady from the airplane, Carmela, from five years before. I never gave her my phone number. I gave her my name. I gave her my email address, but I never gave her my phone number. She never called me before. She's calling me from Jerusalem, and she's going, Stephen, Stephen, this is Carmela. Did something just happen? And I said, well, yes, I accepted the Lord. And I hear her screaming to the people in the background, I told you, I told you. The angels in heaven are dancing. And my wife is going, what is going on? Who are you talking to? What, what, what are you saying? It was so incredible. She's been praying for me all those years. She was praying for me for like five years. Um, now, the interesting thing is, after I told her, lady, you've got to be crazy to go to Israel. You don't want to go to Israel. Well, once I got saved, I was dying to go to Israel. That became my, you know, God put that in my heart. And I could tell you stories now. I've been there three times. Mm. You know, all kinds of supernatural things have happened. Um, but anyway... In a nutshell, that's how I got saved. And now I am a, a pastor. I'm an elder at this church. Um, as you know, I do Jewish evangelism with you at Chosen People Ministries as a volunteer. And God has just taken over my life. What can I say? I've, I've surrendered to him. Wow. Wow. You can't top that. No, we are. We no, are, God is good. We are blessed so far just hearing how that happened. That is just absolutely amazing. That's that is incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when, when was that, roughly? Roughly. Was it? Okay, no, that, now that date I know exactly. I mm. got saved on January 28th, 2001. And remember the guy, Kevin, I told you about it, Calvin yeah. Klein, that was witnessing yeah. to me? Yeah. Well, when I got, this is, you talk about a good friend and a good Christian. When I got saved, he got on an airplane, flew from New Jersey to Florida because he wanted to check out my church, make sure it was a good church. <laughs> That's is that amazing wow. or what? Oh, that's great. And it's interesting. God bless you, I was Steve. an engineer. I went to MIT. I was an engineer for many years. I was doing all these engineering projects. He was an engineer for many years. Now I'm on staff at the church. He's on staff at his church up in New Jersey. So we've kind of both followed that path. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Some, how, how about saying God is good? <laughs> yeah, God. God is. God is amazing. Incredible. And since then, my, uh, my, my, uh, my mother has gotten saved, my father has gotten saved, mm. my son has gotten saved, so it's, you know, God is doing a great work. We're just so grateful. God bless the house of Schlesinger. <laughs> give, give God all the glory. Oh, yeah. It's all him. Oh, it's yeah. All him. That's awesome. So 2001, um, it, yep. is, it, am, is it, 
I'm trying to think. Is it Schlesinger? Schlesinger. Schlesinger, yeah. I'm saying it right. We're not, okay. we're not related. Just so you know, we're not related to any of the famous Schlesingers. All the, all the famous Schlesingers are spelled S-C-H, and they all came from Germany to Chicago in the 1860s and founded department stores, and they're like Laura Schlesinger on the radio, Arthur Schlesinger at the UN, James Schlesinger at the CIA. They're ah, all rich and famous. Got all it. All my Schlesingers are, are spelled S-L-E-S. Got it. They came from Russia in the 1890s with the shirts on their back, and they were getting killed, and... and Nobody famous is related to me, as far as I can tell. Just so you, you know, know, since I I got connected um, with chosen people over the past, I don't know, but it was probably two or three years ago, and started doing studying and so forth. This late eighteen hundreds thing that took place um, with Russian uh, Jewish people coming here and Eastern European Jews coming oh, yeah. here, oh, yeah. and uh, the founder of Chosen People Ministries. Something big. 1894, Rabbi Leopold Cohn. Yeah, yeah. That was 1894 when he came. Yep. yep. Big stuff was happening there. I don't think people are aware of that. The um, the the Messianic Jewish influence in America, starting there in the late 1800s, that was big. Um, that's really. Well, what gets incredible. me is that God is moving nations. You know, He's moving nations. He's moving rulers, and yet He's also moving individual people. Yeah. You know, circumstances and the details of people's lives. He's, yeah. It's amazing. It's a God thing, no question about it. Yeah. Wow, awesome. Yeah. That is really something. That is is really something. I don't want to forget this question. Okay. Uh, you, you gave me your business card when we were in Brooklyn. Um, I went to the website, uh, Calvary Chapel, um, and I, I checked out the staff and the pastor. The pastor that's there now, the the lead pastor, is he the is he the one, the same pastor that's in your story? Yes. Okay, yes, now Pastor Mark Palmer. The, the, yes. Right, right. The the pharmacist guy on on the website it said he's from Michigan. Do you have any idea of his Michigan connections? He, he was from Detroit originally, I believe. Uh, yeah, his just, father his father was a pastor. His grandfather was a pastor. He did not feel called to be a pastor, so he he became a pharmacist. And um, he was all—he was a Christian since a very young age. Uh, he was always a teacher in his church. You know, he started with children's ministry, moved up to young adults, to adults. He became an elder. Uh, when the pastor was out of town, he would teach when the pastor was out of town. But then later in life, uh, about 20 years ago, he's now 75, so maybe when he was 55, he felt God was calling him to, to, to actually start a church. So he talked to his pastor. He moved to, to uh, 45 minutes away from the, the church he was at. He started a Bible study. It went from 100 people to 500 people to 1,000 people, you know, to now it's like 10,000 people. Incredible. In, in a little town. Melbourne's not a big town. <laughs> it, I mean, this is a miracle. This is a work of God. It's Calvary yeah. Chapel, oh, Melbourne. Oh, yeah, yeah, Melbourne, yeah, Florida. yeah. So um, in, in my mind, here, here's, here's where I am and here's where we are. My, my hope and my desire is... Um, for listeners, obviously, hopefully, uh, a Jewish listener, hears these stories, and somehow there's a common experience or, or whatever. Um, the Just to give you some perspective to make my point, I was born again in 1988. I was discipled by good men, loved. I mean, what I was taught was the relational aspect. It was big. Got a little scripture, but mostly the emphasis was on the relational aspect of the faith. And, but 
scripture kind of it really there wasn't a lot of that and so for a long time i was hungry but i didn't i, I just i didn't put the time in that i should have i was more involved with small groups you know teaching uh, topical lessons every it. once in a while okay Right. And then until six years ago, I said, I got to get some answers about Israel, the church, and the Jewish people. I got to get some answers. And I'm going to talk to a Jewish believer. And from that point forward, it was, whoa, whoa, this is way, way bigger. Well, the whole bigger. Bible is Jewish. It's well, all written by Jews. Yeah, it's it, about Jews. It, it, but, yeah, but it's, it's not. It's all about Israel. It's all about Passover. It's all, I yeah, mean, yeah. How could you not? Right, Jesus. right. But it wasn't the... It, it, it wasn't that I was neglecting the Jewish part, but it was the Jewish part. <laughs> okay, it wasn't the ethnicity; it was the it was the biblical understanding that I needed. So I started doing more serious study, and everything started coming into place, especially first coming prophecy. And I have to give Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum the credit, along with Rabbi Glenn Harris who's um, one of the rabbis at a Messianic congregation that we go to, pointed me in the direction to do some first coming uh, prophecy. And it's unbelievable. It's incredible. Yeah, Fruchtenbaum is fantastic. I've got his stuff. It's uh, unreal. Knows him, as a matter of fact, in Israel. Yeah, he's, 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 a, he's a true scholar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's unreal. So this... From this perspective, because in my mind, it was relational. It was, yes, I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died for me. I needed him. I got all that. I got all that. But in order to get a real, real understanding. Well, you got to read Romans. you got to read Romans 9, 10, and 11. Oh, yeah, no. That, that, that's all about the Jews. Yeah, clearly. And uh, uh, so now in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, right from the beginning, before I have an understanding of all this, what I wanted to do was give back to the Lord, and the way that I wanted to give back to him was to share the gospel with his people. That was the best thing, in my mind, the best way I could give back to the Lord was to stick... How beautiful is that? Give I know. First. Yes. It, that was before I had a real good, solid biblical understanding. This goes back to 1989, 1990. And then things kind of got foggy. We're raising kids, and life is getting a little bit more complicated. But always in my mind, it was like, I got I to gotta get this stuff straightened out. So now, after um, meeting Rabbi Glenn six years ago and getting a good understanding, now when I have an opportunity to share the gospel with the Jewish people, I can draw from the, the Hebrew scriptures, not real well, but far better than what I could before. And when we do these interviews, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if there's a Jewish listener here, if there's a Jewish listener here, we got to talk about these first coming prophecies. They've got to be, they got to be, you got to talk about them, especially well, yes, the, the, the big ones. Prophecies are so unbelievable, but you know, Joe, it's always a heart issue. You could <laughs> explain proof, it's so obvious, and mm. yet if they don't want to believe, they won't believe. Wow. Can I share a Bible story with you that's my, one of the ones that convicted me? Yeah. It's not prophecy. It's, yeah. it's a hard one. Yeah, let, yeah. Let, me, let me just briefly tell you that when I was reading the Bible, because I got saved, so I read through the whole Bible, just like that. Mm. I got a commentary, thousand page on the New Testament, read through the whole New Testament. Um, okay, it's in Luke chapter 13, uh, verses 4 and 5. Okay, so let me just do it in my own words. Yeah. So you've been to Israel, the Tower of Siloam, the Pool of Siloam, I mean, they were building a tower there in Jesus' time. And apparently... The, t the bricks, the blocks collapsed, and all the workers were killed. The 18 workers were killed. 
So this was the local news. I mean, this was the big deal. I mean, this big accident, 18 people died. So the whole town, the Jews, they know that God is sovereign. They understand that. So they're going, what do you think? Do you think these were the worst sinners in all Jerusalem? I, I, says, I just uh, did no, a study on this. Do it, do it, question. Steve. Do it, Steve. Don't, do don't it. ask. Don't ask why why God killed them. Ask why He didn't kill you. <laughs> you need to repent. <laughs> you know that when I read that story, I just I, I melted, man. Because we take everything for granted. I mean, life is a miracle. Every breath is a miracle. Why our bodies work at all? And but we but when something goes wrong, it's oh 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 God, why me? Why did this happen? You know, no, you're not. You should be grateful. Why are you alive at all? So I read that. That blew my mind. I hope that's for somebody out there. That, that's a Bible story. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through, seven, or 1 through 7. Very good. Very good. You know, it really is a, it, it is a hard issue. It, it really is. It, you know, it, it, it's everything. It's the heart, mind. But at a certain point, a person has to really just say, you know what? I, can't, I, I have to weigh the evidence, and I, and I, got, I have to... Uh, I, yes. I have to. I have to make a decision. To, well, without in faith, self-interest, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. But it's not a blind faith. There's good reasons yep. to believe. Yeah. If you seek God, promises. If you seek Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you will find Him. No question. He will reveal Himself if you honestly want to know the truth. So but you what, have to seek Him. So for you, going back to your story, for you. That I don't want to say there were all these little connections. These things lining up, um, but was that a big part? Oh, I think God always makes the first move. I think God, we are so unaware. He, he loves us. He seeks after the one lost person, the one lost sheep. Mm. He is making the move, and we are ignoring him. So <laughs> nobody can blame God when they don't mm. go to heaven. If mm. they, God has made it abundantly clear, as Romans said, in your heart, in your conscience, in the heavens, mm. uh, in your body. Yeah, no. yeah, man is without excuse. It's all God. Yeah. Yeah, without so, excuse. Yeah. No, without excuse. So... It, for you, it was kind of, you just sensed things were lining up that were beyond coincidental. Uh, that was a big part and, of this, and right? It was, and it was the scriptures. When somebody was reading the scriptures and exposit, you know, explaining the scriptures, it was just the word of God mm. went to my heart. Yeah, yeah. And I knew it was true. I believed. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Howard here. Speaking of God making the moves, uh, I find it very interesting that he... Uh, just led you right to a Calvary Chapel church. Uh, yes, he did. They seem to be much more open to... They're friendly to the Jews, absolutely. absolutely. They teach absolutely. the scriptures verse by verse. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that was the exact place for you to go. In fact, Joe had mentioned Rabbi Glenn, and I can remember him telling us that... Uh, he attended uh, Chuck Smith's church out there. It yes, was Coast, Chuck Smith founded Calvary Chapel. Coast, yes. Coast of Mesa, I believe it was California. Yeah, so. Yep, that's the main, that was the first Calvary Chapel, yes. Wonderful ministry. Chuck Smith, although he's not with us anymore, uh, just was Correct. greatly used of God. And I, uh, over the years, have been totally impressed by Calvary Chapel churches. So I, I got to believe that what you're doing today has got to be phenomenal there in, in, in uh, Melbourne, Florida, I believe. It, it, God, yes, God is, God is moving. God <laughs> is moving here. Um, fascinating. Just really, really fascinating. So... So here we're, we're we got a day here where hopefully we've got some Jewish listeners and you heard your story and um, any 
any special words for your people and any challenging words for uh, Gentile believers in 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 blessing the Jewish people? Um, but listen, everybody knows someone who's Jewish. Their doctor, a lawyer, a neighbor, and if you're not sharing the gospel, which mm. came from the Jews, mm. uh, you're doing a great disservice to God. So if you have a Jewish neighbor, reach out. And I know a lot of my friends are, are shy about that because they, they feel, uh, oh, I'm going to offend them. And, but but the, the simple answer is, if you're a Gentile, you can tell people with love in your heart, thank you. You brought, it's the Jewish Messiah. Jesus, Yeshua, is the Jewish Messiah. And tell them, listen, I owe a great debt to you and your people. Everything about my religion is Jewish but me. This is your Messiah. We're grafted in. That That's what they should be reaching out. There's a great book. It's called... Um, you bring the bagels, I'll bring the gospel. If you're a Gentile and you want to know how to talk to Jewish people the right way, he has, he has some great suggestions. I'd recommend that book. It's on Amazon. I'm writing it down. I'll bring the... I can go to my bookcase right here. It's by... Uh, the author's name is Rubens. Last name Rubens. I'll bring the gospel. Barry Rubens. Yeah, Bar- Barry Rubens. Is he the... Is he the bagels, me- I'll bring the gospel, sharing the Messiah with your Jewish neighbor. Yeah, that wasn't isn't was didn't he establish the first messianic congregation in California or something or something like that? I think so. It's it's published by Messianic Jewish Publishers. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's somehow connected with that, yeah, but it's yeah. an excellent book. It's yep. really good. Yeah, very very good. Wow. Um, thanks, Steve. I mean, I could I could sit here and and just talk and listen all night because these. I am really, I am really blown away at at the change of my thinking. I'm really, and you know what? It, it was always good. My thinking was good. I just didn't know why. Now I know why. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, just remember, just, this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, he came to the Jews first, and then he came to the whole world, as prophesied by Isaiah. Yeah. This is, this is the, as, as Paul says, don't you believe in the Shema? There is one God. So he's not just the God of the Gentiles, or he's not just the God of the Jews. He created everything. So he's the God of all. So that's who we're talking about, the true and living God yep. who created the heavens and the earth. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Just just wonderful, wonderful. Um, uh, is there anything else you want to share? Uh, anything that you think would be um, beneficial to uh, to listeners? Anything special, unique? Um, that kind of just is on your heart, on your mind. Anything? Um, I just hope I'll see you again in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? Um, uh, I think this is going to be a part of my life for quite some time. I hope. Amen. I, Amen I, I, I hope. Me too. I, I, will, I will tell you this. I brought, the first year I went, I went in 2017 for the uh, Shalom Brooklyn, and I went alone from my church, met up with people from other churches. Well, it was such a wonderful experience. I invited uh, people with a heart for Jewish ministry to come with me this year. I brought three people with me. Uh, they were Gentiles, had never done Jewish ministry before. They were a little intimidated, a little afraid. Uh, and But one of the ladies, I'll tell you what, what she told me, she said she's not a crier. She doesn't cry in church. She didn't cry when she got saved. You know, she doesn't cry during... She's not a crier. She said she prayed before she went on this trip that God would would break her heart for what breaks his heart. And she just kept crying on the whole mission, on the whole trip to Brooklyn during worship on the street, talking to people. When we went through the, you know, the, uh, 
the Haredim, the, the real Orthodox, yeah. Orthodox yeah. area, and how they're sort of in bondage. She was just crying all the time. She said this was the most impactful mission trip she'd ever been on. Yeah. So uh, it's, there's it's, a challenge. Instead of leaving the country and going to Haiti or Jamaica, <laughs> try Brooklyn. It's, it's a, it is a different world. It It is. It, it, you know what? I don't want to say anything, but what you just mentioned was um, it rings true to some uh, to some people that I know that uh, uh, we hear we, we hear quite a bit of that that um, it's it's not as um, missions don't have to be as as um, what most people think it's very simple it's, right. it's very local very local that's right um, share with the people you meet God like you said God puts specific people in your path He did for me He's using you to do the same thing for others yeah yeah you know. Um, just to just to kind of relate here a little bit, uh, this idea of um, uh, sharing the gospel for me, there was always like, I, I gotta I gotta make sure I got everything right, the T's <laughs> crossed. I you yeah, know I, yeah. I got I gotta do it right, you know, right? And yeah, so I, yeah. I worked hard at that, and I you know I wasn't I never batted a thousand, and I really wasn't a two fifty hitter. I was more like 275, but but since I have a better understanding of God's plan, I'm very much at peace sticking my neck out and not worrying about batting 350 or 400 because it really... Well, you the res- you it, obey and you give the results to God. He, the Holy right. Spirit of God, but the Ruach HaKodesh, mm, he'll do the work if we will just open our mouths. Yeah, but the spiritual aspect of this... The spiritual aspect, that, that thing that's going on that we can't see between God and the enemy um, and, and either allowing people to see and hear or just waiting, um, I, I have I got a lot of peace with that. I got a lot of peace. It's, a, it's God's deal. But, but we gotta, right. we got to do our part, and it's a blast. It's a blast. It is a blast. <laughs> I'll, I'll share one more story from the trip we just went on, the, the uh, Shalom Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, we went through the parks, and one of the things we did was we had a clipboard, which makes you look very official, um, and we did spiritual surveys and just asked mm. people if we could ask them four questions, and it was, it's, we wanted their opinion, and if they had the time to just answer four questions. Well, you know New Yorkers. A lot of them say, no, thank you, I'm not interested, uh, you know, leave me alone, whatever. But several times, this happened, I think, four times with me, God told me in my spirit I am supposed to, t- this person is Jewish, and I am supposed to talk to that person. God literally directed me, go over to that park bench, that's the person I want you to speak to. So I went over to talk to the person, and the person mildly rejected me, you know, like, mm-hmm. no thank you, I'm busy, or I'm not interested. But if God told me I was the person I was supposed to speak to, he gave me something else to say, I don't even remember what, each time it was different, I, I followed up with a different sentence or something, and then the person said, well, okay, and we sat down, and we always talked for at least 45 minutes. And by the end, they were thanking me for, for taking the time to talk to them, to pray with them. So God is speaking. We just have to you know, right. listen and do it. Yeah, yeah. It's an incredible experience. So you were there for the first time in 17. I was there the first time in 16. And it's crazy. I mean, one day, you know, you're not one day, one minute you're... You're, you're talking to a Jewish person, and next you're you're talking to uh, you know talking an to Asian. Muslim or whatever. You're, yeah. you're, all, you're yeah. all over the place. You're constantly shifting yeah, gears. Awesome. 
Yeah, it is. And um, it's just, it's really, it's just a really good training ground. It teaches a lot about humility and, you know, your part in, 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 uh, your and part it's in all about, listen, all that we have, all we have, God, people, and the use of our time. That's it. And when you're, when, when you're there in New York City, uh, there's people everywhere. It's fantastic. You're on the subway, you know, they come to you. The, the, the car is full. There yeah. they are. Yep. Go fishing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Steve, uh, we're going to close. Um, okay. We're, we're going to close, and I, I don't know if you remember in the email that I sent you, I, I requested a closing prayer in Hebrew. I don't know if you're... If you want to do that, or if you're prepared for it, but I know um, I know very little Hebrew, but I know this: um, that one day they're going to hear the Jewish people are going to hear Baruch Hashem. Uh, I forgot it. Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Ah, that was our that was the opening statement. Steve, before you go away, um, okay, from this broadcast, uh, what can we be praying for for you? And if someone wants to maybe get a hold of you, how would they do that? Uh, well, you can always uh, contact me through our um, Calvary Chapel website. I'm on staff. It's calvaryccm.com, C-A-L-V-A-R-Y-C-C-M.com. And just go to the About Us, Contact Us, or Staff page, or whatever it is. There's a staff page, and I'm Steve Schlesinger. So I'm on the page. You can click on that and send me an email. Okay. And what to pray for. Oh, let's. Let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There you go. That's biblical. Yeah. Good, All right. Good call, Steve. Good, good, good call. Okay. Yeah. When you when you pray something that God tells you to pray, you know it's, a, yes. it's in His will. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you, Steve. God bless you for your passion, your love for Jesus, and uh, same to you, Joe. Thank you for asking me. What a privilege. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, do you want do you want to close in prayer, a public prayer here? Want to do that? Sure. Um, sure. You you want to do it, Stevie? You, Howard, you want to well, do well, it? One of you guys want to do it. Who? Howard's, I've been talking uh, a lot. Howard, one of you guys. Pray? Howard's pointing at me. Howard's pointing I'll at me. I'll defer to you, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Father, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for your word. Um, thank you for Yeshua, uh, the Messiah of Israel. Thank you for Israel. Um, thank you for the faithful remnant of Israel, and a special one that's here tonight. Uh, a, a remnant of the remnant of the remnant, a very small portion of your people, Steve. Um, Father, take care of him. Bless, bless his house, his wife, his children, and his children's children. Um, have mercy on him. Continue to use him. Protect him from physical danger, emotional danger, spiritual danger, and help him to always treasure your grace. I'm confident that he will. Thank you for Howie and Billy and, uh, and technology. Help us to be a blessing uh, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Help us all to remember that um, Jesus is for real and um, help us to do our best in, uh, in blessing others. Thank you again for coming into my life and to change me and changing me and, uh, and teaching me. Thank you for the grace that you so much extended to me. Um, I could, I could go on all night thanking you, but, uh, um, yes, yes, I could go on all night thanking you, but I think, uh, um, I, I don't know what else to say and that, that's it. Um, we're in awe of him. We are in awe of him. Yep. Yep. 
So, amen, brothers? Amen. 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 All right. Steve? Thank you, Joe. Yeah, we're going to stay in touch somehow. I'll let you know. Um, we're going to edit it and, of course, upload it. I'll, I'll keep you posted. And um, Well, good luck. I know we had a lot of... I was having some difficulty, but I hope I hope you got enough there that you can do something. With oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we can we can do something. Thank you, brother. I'll keep you updated. Okay. God bless. Yep. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye. See you guys. All right.